This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, December 8th. I'm Kate Trinko. And I'm Virginia Allen. How do Americans view religious freedom? And has 2020 impacted the value people across the nation place on faith? These are the questions Beckett Law answers in its 2020 Religious Freedom Index. Caleb Lyman, Director of Research and Analytics at Beckett Law, joins the show to discuss the study, including some fascinating findings on how Generation Z views religion. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and please encourage others to give us a listen and subscribe. Now, on to our top news. Brad Raffensperger, Georgia Secretary of State, says that after counting presidential election ballots three times, Georgia's election results remain the same. During a press conference Monday per 11 Alive, Raffensperger said he plans to certify the results of Georgia's election again after the latest recount shows former Vice President Joe Biden to still be the winner of the Peach State. Today, the Secretary of State's office will be recertifying our state's election results. Then the safe harbor under the United States Code to name electors is tomorrow, and then they will meet on December 14th to officially elect the next president. On Monday, there were two losses for Sidney Powell, General Michael Flynn's lawyer, and now a prominent voice arguing that the 2020 election results in certain states are flawed and should be overturned. Federal judges in both Michigan and Georgia dismissed lawsuits from Powell. In Michigan, Judge Linda V. Parker said of the lawsuit that there was nothing but speculation and conjecture that votes for President Trump were destroyed, discarded, or switched to votes for Vice President Biden. Parker was appointed by President Obama. In Georgia, Judge Timothy C. Batten, who was appointed by President George W. Bush, said per CNBC, they want this court to substitute its judgment for that of 2.5 million Georgia voters who voted for Joe Biden, and this I am unwilling to do. According to CNBC, Batten also said that the case was not a federal but a state matter and hence was filed in the wrong judicial system. Conservatives are pushing back on former Vice President Joe Biden's pick to lead the Department of Health and Human Services. Biden formally announced Monday that he will nominate California Attorney General Javier Becerra to the position of Secretary of HHS. In anticipation of the nomination, Senator Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, tweeted Sunday, Javier Becerra spent his career attacking pro-life Americans and tried to force crisis pregnancy centers to advertise abortions. He's been a disaster in California, and he is unqualified to lead HHS. I'll be voting no, and Becerra should be rejected by the Senate. The pro-life Susan B. Anthony list also spoke out against Biden's HHS pick, writing on Twitter, With his choice of California Attorney General Javier Becerra for HHS Secretary, Joe Biden has proven yet again he is an extremist on abortion. The Supreme Court declined to hear Monday what could have been a major case regarding transgender students and schools. The Dallas School District in Oregon, per The Hill, had allowed a student born female who now identified as male to use the men's bathrooms while a student in high school. 
a parents group had sued and had lost in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals earlier this year. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Caleb Lyman as we discuss the findings in Beckett Law's second annual Religious Freedom Index. This is Virginia Allen, host of the Daily Signal podcast. I don't know about you, but YouTube is certainly one of my guilty pleasures. I really enjoy watching short videos on a variety of topics. So I'm always looking for videos that are actually educational and beneficial to me in some way. And the Daily Signal YouTube channel never disappoints. There is so much binge-worthy content from policy and news explainers to documentaries. If you're not driving, go ahead and pull out your phone and subscribe to the Daily Signal YouTube channel so you can be in the know on the issues you care about most. You can also search for the channel by going to youtube.com slash daily signal. I am joined by Caleb Lyman, Director of Research and Analytics at Beckett Law. Caleb, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So for the second year in a row, Beckett has released a Religious Freedom Index, which is really intended to get a pulse on how Americans are viewing religious liberty in the nation. This index is a massive undertaking. This year's full report was 90 pages. So Caleb, I want to ask you, why Why did Beckett Law determine that it was worth the time, it was worth the energy to begin every year producing an index to measure religious freedom? Yeah, there are a couple of reasons. And I think kind of uh, noting that it is a, a massive report, it makes sense in a year when we had so much going on, both with religious freedom and just everything else going on with the, the, the pandemic, social unrest and the elections. And that's really kind of what we want to do each year is to get a pulse, like you said, of religious freedom and American sentiment on religious freedom and the reason we decided to do the index is because so many of the polls that we saw out there and uh, so much of the work that we saw done in regards to opinion on religious freedom in America really kind of missed that broad perspective of the ways that, one, religion interacts with so many aspects of people's lives, and two, the ways that religious freedom uh, goes beyond just the really hot, controversial issues of the year. So our purpose in making this index is to be able to track changes in American opinion over time and religious freedom. We, we have polls, of course, on, like I said, the most controversial issues of the, of the year all the time on religious freedom. But the way that those dots are connected from issue to issue and from year to year really, really wasn't out there. So that's why we decided to do an index instead of just a yearly poll. So an index allows us to be able to track those changes year over year. And secondly, we wanted to really uh, get at the breadth and depth of religious freedom and the way that religion interacts with people's lives. So instead of just doing a couple of issues a year, we uh, try to cover the full scope of religious freedom. We draw on our 20 plus years of litigation experience to uh, ask questions about not just the issues that we're familiar with and that are current right now, but issues that have been in the past and issues that are likely to continue in the future with religious freedom. So it's an effort to really be able to uh, talk about religious freedom in a way that reflects the way that religion is a nuanced and deep part of people's lives and to be able to track those changes over time. Well, I mean, religious freedom is always such a relevant topic, no matter what is going on in the world. But this year, especially, it's been on people's hearts. It's been on their minds, a major concern, I know, for 
for many Americans. And I think, as you mentioned, I love how in the index, you all really take the time to ask Americans their views and their opinions. So you all conducted a survey where you ask about a thousand Americans, 21 different questions uh, regarding their views on religion, on religious freedom in America. And this, of course, as we've said, this has been such a wild year. We've seen, you know, crazy lockdowns with COVID, uh, churches have been closed. So what did those surveyed have to say regarding how important their faith has been to them during the pandemic? This was a really interesting and interesting part of uh, the index. And so we have those 21 questions, like you said, and then we asked you know, uh, an additional more than 50 questions about uh, the pandemic and about everything else going on this year to be able to inform uh, those 21 questions that stay the same every year. So yeah, this year with the pandemic and asking people about how important or not important their faith was, we were really interested to see that 62% of Americans said that their faith had been important to them during the pandemic. And additionally, on kind of a more broad issue there, we asked how important people thought the religion faith was in providing stability during times of social unrest. And even more Americans, more than three quarters of Americans, said that religion had, was important to society in providing stability during times of social unrest. And one additional thing that I think was so interesting and really one of the most surprising parts of the index for me was on this question about whether uh, faith was important during the pandemic. The two groups that were most likely to say that their faith had been important to them during the pandemic were one, uh, respondents over 65. So that's, I don't think that's terribly surprising. Uh, respondents that are older are generally more religious and also more at risk during the pandemic. So I think that makes sense. But the group that was second most likely and actually even more likely than uh, respondents over 65 to say their faith had been important to them during the pandemic were Gen Z respondents. So mm -hmm. often in you know, the narrative about Gen Z is the, and younger generations in general, I think, is that their uh, faith is less important to them, that they're turning away from religion, et cetera, et cetera. But in the pandemic, we see that, that that's definitely not true. The Gen Z found faith important to them and more important than a lot of other people did. That's really encouraging to hear. <laughs> like there's hope for the country. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. definitely. Um, now, you mentioned the issue of, um, you know, social unrest in the country. And I know that you all did specifically ask about racial tensions. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you learned from Americans on their view of, you know, what we should do about racial unrest and what the role of religion is within that? Yeah, and that was really our focus is how, how does religion play into um, the racial unrest and, and, and racial justice in America? Um, religious groups and communities have historically played a major role, of course, in advocating for, for racial justice, um, from the civil rights movement to the original abolitionists, right? So we asked uh, those, we asked our respondents what sort of role religion should have in advocating for racial justice and equality. And the answer here was, was really, um, really strong. 84% of respondents said that religious organizations should have a role in advocating for racial equality. And justice. But then we also asked um, a follow-up question to, to individuals who said that their faith was important to them. So this is a, a group that we often look at in this survey, and we, we simply call them people of faith. Um, so we asked people of faith what uh, sort of role their faith community had, and only 49% said that their faith community had done a good job in responding to issues of racial equality and justice. 
So those were really disparate responses, right? 84% of people of faith saying that religion should have a role, but only half thought that their communities had done a good job. So we saw that as kind of a desire for, for somebody, for, for leaders and for religious organizations to step up and kind of fill that role that uh, people of faith think that they should fill. Yeah, I think that's so important to be aware of the fact that Americans, uh, you know, see those two things going hand in hand as uh, as faith being this profound and important answer to these really current event and pressing issues. Um, but there's obviously still still more work that needs to be done. Um, really, really helpful to see those numbers laid out compared to to last year's index. Uh, did did you all find that Americans, would you say, are more or less worried about religious freedom than they were a year ago? On this perspective of year-to-year change, we see their opinions staying, staying pretty stable, honestly, and, and that's good to see. You know, we, we don't expect with an index like this that has so many questions and covers such a wide range, we don't expect to see wide swings um, in American opinion just from one year to, to the next. On individual questions, we certainly see areas where different demographics and uh, and, and groups change their opinion. But I think this was really encouraging in and of itself that in regards to religious freedom as a whole, when it's presented with the, the full scope of different religious liberty issues, that Americans' opinion does stay the same. Now, the, the interesting thing here, though, is you know we just have two years of data, and we want to do this, and we expect to do this survey and this index every year. And that's where we'll really get start to get interesting results. You know, as we get into years three, five plus, we'll be able to see how trends develop. You know, not just year to year change, but we have this you know starting point from 2019, and we'll see where in some areas you know we expect some dimensions of the index to grow and support uh, gradually over time. And probably I think some areas of the index may may diminish a little bit depending on. Uh, public opinion in general and current events that are going on. And as we were talking about kind of a minute ago, uh, the big X factor here is Gen Z. As they grow and as they become a larger portion of America, their opinions on religion and religious freedom really are still shaping and really are still forming and will have a big impact and a growing impact over the years as they as they become a larger portion of this sample. So uh, we're very encouraged to see that their opinions are stable, but very excited to see the dynamics and the changes uh, that will that will occur moving forward. Yeah. And the biggest change that you all saw, you say, is in the area of religious pluralism. Can you just explain mm-hmm. what you mean by that and what that change was? Yeah. So religious pluralism is one of the six dimensions of the index. So, you know, the index is one composite score and it's the average of six dimensions. So those 21 questions that we were talking about, those um, are statistically grouped into six dimensions. It's not like categories that we just made up based on the topics. It's they're statistically um, created via factor and path analysis, uh, complex uh, statistical analysis. So religious pluralism is one of those dimensions. And the religious pluralism dimension deals with the ability of people to believe different things about God and to live in society uh, accepting of those different beliefs. So that was a little concerning, you know, that some of the largest change was in was a dip in just the most kind of basic aspects of religious freedom, of, uh, of people being okay with others being able to believe and live different things in themselves. But at the same time, it's still, you know, the strongest, the highest level of support of any of the dimensions. Most of the 
questions, uh, I think possibly all of the dimension or the questions in this dimension still saw more than 80% of support. So we'll definitely watch that dimension um, next year and in the coming years, because that would be problematic if people were not as supporting of religious pluralism. But even with that slight dip, um, the only statistical change in any of the dimensions, people are still extremely supportive. You know, 80%, if you can get more than 80% support on anything, you're about <laughs> as popular as apple pie. So uh, not, <laughs> not too worried. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any major surprises to you all? I mean, you, you mentioned Gen Zers. That's obviously a really encouraging finding. Were there any other uh, findings that really stuck out to you guys? Yeah, there were two um, that I think were surprising for, for me personally. Um, one was in this area of the role of elected officials and, and the role of religious freedom in people's decisions of who to vote for. So 61% of, uh, of respondents said that a candidate's stance on religious freedom was important. So that, I think that was encouraging, you know, to begin with that a majority of people say when they're going to the ballot box, they're looking at, uh, at the candidate's stance on religious freedom. And so I would have expected, you know, to be a, when we asked a follow-up question of, okay, who in the government do you think does a good job of protecting religious freedom? Since religious freedom is clearly a priority in those voting positions, I would hope to see elected officials as being, you know, the, the group that people choose to be doing a good job of protecting religious freedom. However, when we asked the question who respondents thought did the best job of protecting religious freedom, respondents were actually most likely to say that the courts were doing the best job. Um, who are, of course, judges being completely unelected officials. And the second most popular category was just other, which you know, may be elected officials, <laughs> maybe may not. But uh, the president, state governments, and Congress were, were least likely to be chosen as those doing a good job of protecting religious freedom, Congress uh, being the lowest. So that kind of also reflects, I think, general trust in some of those institutions. But given that uh, 61% saying, that a, a candidate stance on religious freedom was important, I would have liked to see that higher. And then just one other area that I thought was really interesting, another one of our dimensions is uh, religion in action. So that has to deal with how people live and practice their faith in the workplace. So it's not just about belief or holding different beliefs like religious pluralism is, but it's very specific kind of to work context and being able to do or not do work in accordance with your religious beliefs. And uh, it's very encouraging, baby boomers actually increased their support quite a bit on a lot of those issues by, by, more, than, by more than 5%. So uh, last year, we kind of talked about how Gen Z and younger generations are often more supportive of, of workplace accommodations for, for religious freedom, and older generations can tend to be a little less supportive. So it was, it was great to see that movement of baby boomers, uh, baby boomer respondents in a more positive direction of being okay with the workplace and, and people sharing their uh, religious beliefs and practicing their religious beliefs in the workplace. So those are two additional areas that I thought were surprising. Yeah. And I, I just love the fact that you have it so broken down by generation, because it is just really fascinating to see from age group to age group, how not only the differences between them, but then how those age groups evolve and change over time. Um, so interesting. I, I do want to ask you before we let you go, kind of one, I guess, big picture question. I mean, Beckett, of course, you guys are on the forefront of so many critical religious liberty battles. You all have represented the Little Sisters of, of the Poor multiple times as they've gone before the Supreme Court. You rep represented Masterpiece Cake Shop and in, in their fight to not be forced to bake wedding cakes for same-sex couples' weddings. So you, you have a really good pulse on religious liberty issues in America. So with that said, 
should Americans be concerned about religious freedom in America? That's a really interesting question. I think the kind of simple answer is Americans should always be concerned for religious freedom because there there will always be you know attacks on religious freedom. The government will always try to uh, overstep their bounds and and try to infringe on people's rights. But at the same time, I think the encouraging flip side of that is one: there are people like Beckett and many others protecting religious freedom. You know, our mission isn't going to change. We'll always be fighting to defend religious freedom. And the second part is that. I think that's very encouraging, is that Americans are very supportive of religious freedom. That's kind of the takeaway that I keep going back to as I've looked through this data, is that religious freedom really is a unifying principle. You know, if you get into some of the details of specific cases and and the narratives that have been developed around them, it may not seem that way. But when you look at underlying principles, which is a big focus of the index, you really do see that Americans support religious freedom. It's core to their identity. Um, For example, I mean, we see that Uh, 60% of respondents said that for some people, religion is a fundamental part of who I am, which if the question ended there would not be that interesting, but goes on to then say, and should be protected accordingly. Mm. So people see the connection between religion, identity, and protections. And lastly, kind of on that point of, of support for religious freedom and people of faith, one of the most also encouraging things that I saw in the data this year is that Americans see people of faith and religion as part of the solution. So as we started our conversation, you know, talking about the crazy year that it is, and you kind of have to talk about that and all the problems that Americans in the world have faced, you know, we're in need of a lot of solutions. And when asked whether people of faith and religion were part of the solution, 62% of Americans said that people of faith were part of the solution. And more, and of those who said that people of faith were definitely part of the solution, that category increased actually 7% last year. So I think in times like 2020, when there are so many problems, both of you know, social unrest, et cetera, and religious freedom, I think it's really encouraging that Americans look to people of faith, they look to religion for those solutions, and they do so in increasing proportions, right? When, when people of faith are seen as part of the solution, as, as part of the contribution to what makes America uh, what it is, I think we're in a good spot, you know? So, so I guess the summary there is yes, religious freedom is always going to be um, is going to be something that we need to defend. But Americans are supportive of it, and they see people of faith and religion as part of the solution. Lots of reasons to be encouraged. That's <laughs> glad to hear you say that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Caleb, uh, thank you so much. I encourage all of our listeners to go check out the index yourself. You can visit beckettlaw.org slash index to read the, the full report. They also, if you just want the highlights, they have a great one pager up on the website as well. You can just see some of those those key takeaways. But Caleb, I really uh, thank you so much for your for your time today and telling us about this amazing resource at Beckett Law. Thank you. It's great to talk about and uh, great to look back on the year a little bit and have some positive things to share. <laughs> Absolutely. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And as always, please encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.
The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.